Greetings, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast on this Monday. Hope you had a great weekend and hope that your week gets off to a great start. Our chapter day journey is in John, the 11th chapter, and it was verse 48 that resonated in me this morning. It says, if we let him go on like this, speaking of Jesus, everyone will believe in him, and then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Today's podcast is entitled, Motivation, Revelation. Yesterday afternoon, I was sitting on the porch watching my grandson Milo playing with a garden hose. Now, in his mind, he was helping Papa water the landscape shrubs. But the truth was that he was just playing with the nozzle of the hose, which has this bunch of different types of spray. So he'd spray for a few seconds, switch to the next setting, spray for a few seconds, switch to the next setting, spray for a few seconds. You, you get the idea. On the ground in front of me, on the porch there, was Milo's bubble gun. It's a little battery-operated toy into which you put soap solution in this reservoir, and then it shoots out a steady stream of bubbles. It's pretty cool. Holding the hose, Milo told me that he needed to put some more water in the bubble gun as it was running low. It was obvious that he thought the hose nozzle in his hand was the perfect tool for the job. I agreed, but only if he let me help him. So we selected the gentlest, most faucet-like spray setting. I unscrewed the reservoir and held it up as Milo pointed the nozzle towards the hole. Before I had a chance to help him gently open the flow of water, Milo cranked the sucker fully open. Water hit the edge of the reservoir, splattered everywhere, including all over Papa's face. Milo laughed hysterically at Papa. Papa did not laugh. I very quietly and very honestly said, Papa's not happy about that. What happened next was fascinating. Milo dropped the hose ran about five feet away, and turned away from me. He then turned to look at me, brow furrowed. I didn't do it, he cried. Once again, in a soft and gentle voice, I asked, Well, if you didn't do it, who did? You were the only one holding the hose. He then slunk back to me with his head bowed. He picked up the hose. I didn't mean to he said in almost a whisper. I know, little man. It's such a complex lesson for a three-year-old to grasp. Papa was unhappy about the consequences. As the adult in the situation, I fully knew the risk of filling a small four-ounce reservoir with a garden hose, and it was my choice to allow the calculated risk. Being frustrated with the outcome does not mean that I'm mad at you, Milo. I know you didn't mean to, and I wasn't mad at you. You misunderstood my reaction. There was no need to run in shame and deny pulling the trigger. To be honest, Papa's observed many adults along the way making the same basic misunderstanding without comprehending their reaction any more than you, little man. You're forgiven for your misunderstanding. Nevertheless, there was a spiritual lesson present in this moment. Why do we do the things we do? 
Why do I say the things that I say? Why do I make the choices I make? Along my life journey, I've discovered that the answer to these questions is critically important, both for my understanding of myself and my understanding of others. Now, today's chapter is one of the most dramatic in the entire great story. The conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders has been escalating. Some had tried to stone him for blasphemy the last time he was in Jerusalem. The largest religious festival of the year, the Passover, was just a week or two away. Jesus gets word that his friend Lazarus has died at his home in Bethany, just two miles from Jerusalem. Despite the disciples' pleas to stay away from the area for Jesus' own safety, Jesus returns to Bethany to find Lazarus dead four days, his body already entombed. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead in front of a large crowd. Lazarus had been a prominent man, and the Jews from Jerusalem had come to mourn with Lazarus' sisters. They immediately report the astonishing miracle to the religious leaders in Jerusalem. Now, there are so many great moments and spiritual lessons in today's chapter that lie within the story of the miraculous raising of Lazarus. But the verse that resonated most with me was that of the response of the religious leaders upon hearing the astonishing news of a man who was dead being brought back to life. Quote, what are we accomplishing? They asked. Here is this man performing many signs, raising the dead to life. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. End quote. In making this statement, they laid bare their motivation. They're afraid. They're afraid of losing their power. They're afraid of losing their prestige and their prestige being diminished. They're afraid of losing face with the hated Roman occupiers. They're afraid of life without the lucrative income of their religious racket. They are afraid of change to their staunch traditions and what that might mean for them and their families. They were supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the nation, but their fear of losing all that they were and their desire to cling to it all was far greater than acknowledging and accepting what God was clearly doing in and through Jesus. Now what a contrast to Jesus' followers who let go of everything to follow him desire to seek what God was doing in Jesus overcame fear of what they might be giving up or fear of the challenges they might face in leaving home and following him. In the quiet this morning, I'm searching my own motivations. Now, in the previous chapter's podcast, I said actions reveal identity, and they do. But the identity doesn't lie in the actions themselves, but in the motivations that spawned them. The motivations that often remain hidden and or ignored. You know, as I look back on my own life journey, I can see how shame motivated so many of my actions and choices through so much of my life. 
along my spiritual journey, I'd like to think that my desire to follow Jesus and discover who I was created to be and who I am yet called to be has overcome that long ignored shame that drove so many unhealthy thoughts and words and behaviors and choices in my early years. And if I'm honest, the shame that still creeps in more than I care to admit. Old things pass away, Paul wrote to the followers of Jesus in Corinth in discussing the spiritual transformation that takes place when I am in relationship with Jesus. My own experience has been that some things pass away like a swift execution, while other things pass away in a long, painful, lingering, and palliative process. I hope you have a great day today, my friend. Get the week started off well. I'll see you back here tomorrow.